How do you attract the perfect partner? And what does that even mean, the perfect partner? And what if you have a partner, but that partner doesn't choose to be spiritual or know all the things that you're opening yourself to know? Can you still get along? Well, we're going to have answers to all those questions today. We're going to be talking with Monique Chapman, who is a master energy healer and an intuitive consultant and She's the founder of Healing Visions Ministries, and she helps people to figure out how to get those relationships. Join us to find out more. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. Join us on this beautiful journey. So let show. So let show. Well, hello, welcome everybody back to Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the fire and we share our stories of connection to that which is greater than us to make mystery beyond the veil to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a deeper understanding of ourselves and this thing we call life. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love having these conversations week after week because you just never know what we're going to be talking about. And we find out in the moment, which is really being part of the mystery. And today we're going to touch on relationships that are word that is really hard for a lot of people, especially that most intimate relationship, your partner, your sacred partner, your husband, your wife, your person that's closest to you. And how do you keep that alive? How do you keep that sacred? How do you keep that respectful and loving and kind? And how do you stay interested in a person? Well, today we're going to have on the show Monique Chapman, who is a renowned international intuitive consultant. She's a master energy healer, and she's been married for, I think, 38 years, something like that. 48 years? 48 Good Lord, 48 years. She is the founder of Healing Visions Ministries, and uh, she's dedicated to helping people discover their life's purpose and live a fulfilling, abundant life. And we were talking about what should we talk about today? We realized that men and money, like, how do you keep that relationship going and have it be really fulfilling? So we're going to have that conversation today. Monique, I'm so glad you're on the show. 48 years of marriage. Wow. Well, thank you for having me, Carrie. I'm so happy to be here with you and your family. Yeah, it's just great. So tell me a little bit about yourself because I know our audience is just meeting you for the first time. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey and then we'll get into the relationship part and see what where the conversation goes. Okay, well, I was born. <laughs> I, was I was born. born. <laughs> <laughs> just basic. Um, I Well, literally, I was born and I uh, was born intuitive. I didn't know it. My parents didn't talk about spirituality and intuition like we do today. Okay. My father was from the island of St. George. My mother was Louisiana Creole, and they had their own way of talking about things and explaining things. So when we go to the store, I would say, mommy, that person's orange and mommy, this person's blue. And how come they got yucky stripes? And I'm, you know, just saying what I saw. And so they started teaching me how to understand what it was that I was seeing. So that worked out great until kindergarten. Once I got to kindergarten, I started telling the kids what color they were. That got me in big trouble, especially since I was the only Black child in all-white school. So got past all of that, got through 
junior high where girls would come to me because they figured out that I knew how to connect them with guys. But what I didn't understand at the time was that guys didn't necessarily want to be connected with them and it has to be mutual. So excuse me, got past that, went to corporate America on executive sales rep for 25 years, traveling all over the country, same time raising two boys and, you know, know, mommy, my thumb's broken. I'm on the other coast, you know, so it, it was a little difficult. So um, I retired from corporate America in 2000. And when I told my husband and he got up off the floor, he's like, what are you going to do now? And I said, I don't know, but it will come to me. And I just sat back and asked the universe, like, hey, what should I do? And what came to me was all the different people that I worked with would say, you read me like a book. You read me like a book. And I'm like, well, okay, let's start reading people. I mean, it was something I knew how to do, but I wasn't really connecting a monetary value to it as a way of supporting you know, the family. So I put out my shingle. I actually worked a psychic hotline. Oh, my God. Don't. Well, I'm not going to say don't go there, but it's an interesting process. Mm-hmm. I uh, graduated that from that, did psychic shows. I have done featured presentations for New Living Expo and for Holistic Life Expo. And put my shingle out, created my website. People started coming and I helped them. I don't tell people what to do. So if you come to me and say, well, should I break up Johnny? I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, you can do whatever you want with Johnny. But I help them discover what's for their highest good. And if they choose to take that, great. And if not, fine. And I do that in all areas where there's relationships or finances or jobs or whatever it is. We sit down and we look at you. I read this person's soul energy. And then upon reading their soul energy, I give them options. But I never program. So did that kind of answer your question? That's beautiful. I love that explanation about what you do. And and the fact that you came by it naturally and honestly, and it's just like one of your gifts and that you learned how to incorporate it into the world because there's so many people that have these gifts are kind of afraid to bring them out into the world, right? I mean, what was some of your process around bringing it into the world? I'm sure that people you worked with were like, what are you doing? Your psychic hotline? People I worked with really didn't know. We would just have general conversation. And in conversation, I'm giving them a reading, not really knowing it, but not, how do I say this? Not programming them in a way, but again, you know, just talking about different options. Okay. And they would be like, wow, this really, you know, resonates with me. Let's do this. But I didn't have a, I wasn't advertising, if you will, in the workplace. I wasn't putting forth my intuition in a way that would be called intuition. No, it did come in very handy at sales meetings. And I could tell if it was going (laughs) north or south or east or west and how to, you know, bring it back together. Did I win all of them? No, because nothing is 100%. But I did utilize, you know, what God gave me to help me support my family. That's gorgeous. I love that. And so you, you've you been doing this now for how long, the, um, the being a psychic, um, formally? Um, oh, okay. Since 2000, formally, when I retired from corporate America. But it's basically been all my life in 70s, real close, folks, real close. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you got to know people pretty well, right? Like be a watcher of people, be an observer of people in order to kind of do this kind of work, right? Like be a kind of person that sits back in that sacred witness and just notices stuff. I notice, and then I have this 
feel, you know, I mean, I could tell anybody anything at any given time. However, my uh, boundary, if you will, is to, first of all, you have to give me your given name, first middle maiden, so that I connect with your soul, because that's how I read your energy. And I don't answer questions or volunteer a lot of information unless you ask about a certain subject because someone might call and they want to know about relationships. And if I go off on their finance tangent and they really weren't concerned with that, that's a waste of their time and you know the money. They don't get the information that they called for. So you know, ask me a question, I'll answer your question. Every now and then, especially with people who are skeptical, I will start the consultation off by reading their aura. And by reading their aura, it touches on a lot. And they're like, okay, well, you're valid. You can, you know, you're definitely connected with me. And then from there, we move it into the questions. And that way they don't, you know, some people feel if I don't know their name, address, telephone number, date of birth, and their mother's maiden name, that I'm not valid. I'm not real. And not everybody reads energy the same way. Some people definitely do that. And I know a wonderful woman who has a radio show. Can I mention her name? Sure. Okay, her name is Donna Sebo, and she's the person that if I have a consultation, she's the person that I call. And she will start off like ticker tape style and tell you everything that's going on. The first time I worked with her, uh, she told me that I was in the dentist the day before in a dentist chair and what the dentist did. I'm like, okay, we connected our energy. Okay. And um, she's the only person that I would trust. So she works that way. Other people, they need to, like me, want to know questions. Other people want to know nothing about you and they'll just tell you. Everybody has a different style. It's just like most people with functioning legs can walk, but we all walk a little bit differently. So when you see people and you um, tap into them, are you aware of key choices they could be making? that might lead to different outcomes in their life. Yes. And I present all choices and it's up to them to choose what they want. I won't say, well, here are your three options and but option number two would be better for you. Our school here, hello folks. And we have to learn our lessons and the way we learn our lessons is not by the wonderful and fluff that comes, it's by those choices we made and we go like, hmm, right afterwards. That led to some regret, yeah. Uh But it's not really regret. It's really a lesson to be learned, something that our soul contracted to learn in this particular lifetime. We just don't know how it's going to play out. Okay. And that bothers us, though. (laughs) Because we want everything, you know, at some point in time, and I don't know where it was when spirituality really came to the forefront, people had the idea that if you're spiritual, everything is lovely, dovely. There's just wonderful, high vibrational angels all around and everything is, you know, just cool. Not necessarily the case. In fact, the way you learn, the way your soul grows is through the hard lessons, is through when something you consider bad happens to you and you work through it and you get the lesson, hopefully, and then you can move on. And if you find yourself repeating the same type of lesson, like attracting the same type of relationship over and over and over again, it's a a telltale sign that there's something for you to learn, not the other person, but for you to learn. And we keep learning. I've been with my guy 48 years and we still keep learning. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I had this experience in my first marriage where I got the sign, like that's the end of the rope. It's time to go. Like this thing is not moving. 
it's not serving mm-hmm. you, get out of there, you know? And so I had to do what I never wanted to do, which is leave a marriage, you know, because I was a child of divorce. And so I didn't want to do that to my kids, but it was the better choice. And when I left, that's when my path started, like my exciting path that I'm in now. And so that was one kind of relationship, right? And then I went into dating at 40. I know you're going to talk about this. That is so weird and awkward. It's like, you've been married for like 20 years and now you're going to date, you're going to date somebody. And boy, I realized though what you were saying, because I would get the same guy over and over and I start going, wait a second, wait a second. But now I'm in the, I'm in the transformational path. So I go, I'm going to, I'm going to heal that, whatever that is in me. I don't want that anymore. So I'm going to heal that, put the boundary, do whatever I'm supposed to be doing right now to change that pattern. And then somebody new would come and they'd be slightly better than the last one. You know, things would be a little bit better. So I go, okay, now I'm working on this. And I did that until finally at the end, I said, okay, I'm done. I'm just give it all up to spirit, to God. I'm just give it all up. I was in uh, Sex and Addicts, uh, Addicts Anonymous, right? Like I'm addicted to love and sex and men. So I need to break the addiction and just be happy with me. And then literally a month later, that's when Akeem walked in, my second husband, who's been just like an amazing soul partner, just like incredible. And there are a few little repeating patterns here and there, but they're so small. And how we mm-hmm. handle them is completely different. So Given that spectrum, like talk a little bit into like that experience, like what are people going through when they have that experience where they had their repeating patterns and then they change things? Well, once you acknowledge, and that's the, the big step, the biggest step of all, I truly believe is acknowledging whatever's going on. Not that it's bad. Okay. But this is what it is. So don't put an energy on it as positive or negative, just acknowledge that, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. And then once you decide that you're dealing with a particular issue, what can you do within yourself to manage that energy a bit better? You know, if you're possessive, if you're jealous, what can you do to stop yourself from being so possessive? You know, what control issue do you have? Because that's, you know, but people don't look at it that way. They're like, you know, I'm going to get this guy and I'm going to have this guy and this guy's going to do exactly what I want, when I want, how I want. And that's when you're setting up the energy for people just to run away from you. They're not going to come into the picture. Now, the, the one thing about me and my husband is that I had a dream about him when I was 12. So think about your dreams, people. I dreamt him when I was 12 down to the hat he'd have on, the shoes he had on. His face was a little blurry. I knew my father wasn't going to be around because he was nowhere in the picture of my dream. It was very interesting. Now, when I met him, my father was around, but my father did pass before we moved on down our journey together. And because I dreamt him and um, when I saw him, I was working in my father's cleaners and I looked, I was waiting on the customer. I looked up and I said, oh, that's the guy I'm going to marry to myself and kept waiting on the customer. And then when he came and he gave me his name and all that, I just took it and just let it go. Nothing else happened. And then he uh, actually called and asked me out on a date. And I said, yes. And I forgot all about it. So I went to Buffalo, New York with my uncle, stood this guy up. And um, halfway to Buffalo, I'm like, oh, supposed to go out and get so-and-so. So um, we, we got past all of that. And we knew that we were instant friends right from the beginning. I mean, month three, we were inseparable. Okay. And that's how you build, you know, you build the friendship first and then move forward. And, you know, for ladies, men, people today looking for a relationship, especially if you're over 40, look at what has happened to you in your past. 
you know, what things have you brought to the relationship that was wonderful? And what did you bring to the relationship that wasn't so wonderful? Are you looking for this person to complete you? Because they don't. You got to complete yourself. Okay. All your love starts within your heart. And then if you love you, you have more love to give to other people and it balances out. It works wonderful. If you're looking for the other person to make you happy or to give you anything that you feel you're lacking, the relationship is just not going to work because they didn't necessarily sign up to make you whole. They're coming to you for both of you to work together and move forward. Yeah, yeah, but they do come to make you whole in a different kind of way than you expected, which is to challenge you and and mm-hmm. poke your buttons and your triggers and <laughs> kind of raise your shadows up, right? Because love is a high frequency. So when we fall in love with someone, that frequency is so big. If that light is so big, it brings up the shadows, right? I mean, you can't help but see your shadows without much light going on. Yeah, that's a song that was popular, I think, in the 60s or the 70s. And it was called There's a Thin Line Between Love and Hate. And I get that because love is so high that when something slips, the frequency of love slips, all of a sudden you want to go to that negative mode that I don't know, I don't use the word hate, but that hate mode, you know, you you just want to, oh, we got to get them. And that's where you have your issue. No matter what they have done to you, anybody has done to you. It's how you choose to react that really makes a big difference. And um, I got to tell you, when I was younger, we were, you know, figuring out our lives together. There was a lot that I was like, you know, (laughs) didn't want to give any uh, slack on. And we kept repeating the same problems over, over and over again. I was like, okay, well, let me change. Because if you change how you are interacting with anyone, I don't care who it is, They have no choice but to do one of two things, either change with you or fall away from you. And if they fall away from you, let it go. You know, someone else, you're making room for someone else to come along. But we're so afraid, especially older people in relationships. We want that connection so desperately until we're willing to put up with things that really create us in our heart. You know, we we really, oh, I don't like that, but but at least I'll have a partner as opposed to going out and finding that true match. And is it out there? Not for everybody. I would love to say that everybody has a soulmate and waiting and all of that. But no, some of us agreed to come in this lifetime to not connect with another person, but to live life fully on another level. And it's really important to you know, look at what's been going on. If you have been consistently single for the last 30 years and you're 50, guess what? It may be that you're supposed to be single for the rest of your life. Not necessarily. I had an aunt um, on Ethel. She got married at 98. She married a younger man of 96, whole church wedding with the gown walking down the aisle the whole nine yards. And he lived for a year after that. She had her wedding. She she completed wow. her dream. So it's never too late. Never. But I think that the, the point is the same. Whether you have the relationship or you don't have the relationship, we're really here to love ourselves fully, ourselves as we are, and come to complete wholeness within ourselves. Like that soul journey is ours. And so whether you have somebody or not, that's the main journey. It's just how are you going about it? Like how did your soul decide to go about that journey? Because a lot of people think having a partner is like really delightful, but they may not realize like, it is hard, actually. 
is wonderful and is terrible. It's wonderful because when you get that love connection and that deepening, it's like so wonderful, but then also it raises up triggers. So you're on your toes, you know, like you were like, okay, that's my stuff. That's your stuff. That is a, it's a self-mastery game. I think it's a lot of self-mastery. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, self-mastery. And, you know, my opinion is that when we come into earth school, we come in to learn the biggest lesson of all, and that's unconditional love and unconditional love starts with self. I used to be a skinny mini girl. I mean, when I was younger, I was uh, modeling and they'd build me out as black twiggy. Now they could big build me out as big mama. And, you know, I get, I don't, I haven't really, and this is God's honest truth, folks. I haven't settled yet with big mama because mm-hmm. my mindset is black twiggy. Okay. So there's part of me that I'm not even loving. Okay. Now, thank God I have a wonderful partner who is, you know, he doesn't care, you know, just be happy. That's his words, whatever makes you happy. So thank goodness I found someone who can accept me whatever phase I'm in and then, you know, kick me in the butt when I start my, I'm not size two anymore, (laughs) you know, and he goes, yeah, but that's not what I fell in love with. I fell in love with you. So once we can get to the point of loving ourselves unconditionally, then that opens the door for a lot. And it's still um, a lesson, if you will. It's still a challenge, okay? Because something is going to pop up for you to question your unconditional love for yourself. It always does. I, I look at it this way. The universe loves to screw with people. They test. You give you something, a test. Give you something, a test. Test has always poking that little button there. And um, it can be challenging or you can say, okay, well, it's time to take a look at this. Yeah. And if we own our own realities, like our curriculum, like, and stop projecting things outwards, which I was projecting all over the place in my first marriage, but I didn't know I was doing that. I was being a victim and I was on the victim corner of the triangle of disempowerment. And he was my perpetrator. And then he would say, I was his perpetrator and he was the victim. I was like, no, I'm the victim. I'm on the victim corner. You're not, you're the perpetrator. And so we just argue all day long over who was the victim and who was the perpetrator. And so that was a big wake up call for me when I left that marriage was like stepping into self-responsibility that it was my life and my choices. And those were my shadows. I was projecting out on other people. And those were my things to own, like how to bring love to myself through those things, how to bring love to other people and see them clearly right through that smoky mirror. And now this partnership I have is very, is very responsible. We We have a lot of responsibility and respect for each other because we each do our own work. And it might take a little bit to work through something because we have to go off and look at ourselves and then see what what part was mine and 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 then come back together. Is that kind of what you and your husband are doing as well? It's part of what we're doing. Now I, I you know I, I gotta tell complete disclosure here. My husband's not into any of this. Okay. He will listen when I'm working with people. He will listen. So he knows how to do a whole lot of things because he's heard me say it over and over and over again. But as far as being into, you know, spirituality, metaphysics, no, he's straight up Catholic and, you know, that's him. That's what he wants to do. And that's what he wants to be. So he doesn't always understand where I'm coming from because I am speaking to him as if he's in the circle. Okay. So what we do is I will come to him and say, you know, when you do this, I take it as this. This is how it makes me feel. And then he would put the blame right back on me. We'll stop feeling that way. I'm like, 
no, 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 no. You know, you're contributing, I'm contributing. So what am I doing to you to force you to respond to me in a certain way? And then I would adjust that. And then um, over the years, he would adjust it. You know, he would just start adjusting. But as far as, you know, sitting and having a conversation with him, like, you know, we need to open our chakras up or shut them down or this, that, and uh-uh. He, he hears none of that. None. But in a really interesting way, Monique, it's like that is a testament, your service to the collective that you can have a successful marriage and you can have a successful life and be happy and love yourself even if your partner's not doing it with you. Because a lot of people have this idea, like I can only have that great relationship if he's also working on himself. And since he's not, it sucks. And so I can't be with him. You know, like a lot of people come and say that kind of stuff. And and I've kind of, I used to think that way too, but I see now that there's, this is a level of mastery actually could be applied and sounds like what you're doing. Yeah, it's truly working on self. And, you know, I actually, in some ways, I, of course, I wish he was with me more on the spiritual level, but he's not. So I get to walk away, if you will, or put spirituality aside, if you will, and come back to his world or real world. Because, you know, it's important for me anyway to have one foot in spirit, one foot on earth, and I can juggle back and forth. So he keeps me grounded. And sometimes it can be harsh. Okay, like I'm like, where'd that come from or whatever? But then again, choosing how you react. Okay, so what was his intent? You know, and then I figure that out. Or sometimes I'm just barking right back and, you know, I'm human. Um, But but it's about honoring the person, knowing where boundaries are, not poking the bear just for the sake of poking the bear. Okay, if you got to poke the bear, what's the reason? Why? And then learn from it. And then don't drill, you know, with the pointing of the finger. Oh, you have to do this. You didn't do that. You, you, you. No, turn turn that you around and look at me. How can I change this situation? We went through a rough time back in 80. No, how old was it? It's been like 95, 96, somewhere in there. And I mean, we, two months, we didn't say a word to each other. Okay, we worked with the kids and everything, but we didn't say a word to each other. And I'm like, okay, this has to change. And nothing that I was doing was working. So what I did was, and ladies pay attention to this because it does work. Guys too, I guess. I rented a hotel room that had jacuzzi in the tub, had room service. So I didn't have to worry about food. Was worried about my kids. I got an adjoining suite next to theirs. And I mean, next to ours, and I brought foods that we like and other things that we liked. Plus, we had room service, and I just made it a weekend of love, sex, actually. But you know, that turned things around. I didn't discuss anything, I didn't point any fingers. It's like, no, let's just call a truce and move forward. And we both were able to regroup. And from that regrouping, we just moved forward. Now, did we talk about what got us to that point right then and there? No. But within the next three or four months, we were able to gently let it out and clear it. So that cleared and we've never gone back to that particular space. Yeah. See, that's beautiful. That's a testament to the power of love. And when you let love lead, miracles happen like that. The the slate is cleared and you can move forward in a new way. And then those shadows just kind of dissipate on their own when there's enough love in the space. What's challenging is being the one that's choosing to bring the love, right? Because you've got to let go of the one inside you that says, yeah, but, but, but they did this and, but then that's not fair. And uh, 
that is really mastery because you have got to be the one that says, no, I'm the one that's awake to this. I'm the one that sees it. I'm the one that knows in my heart, I can do something with it. And so I'm the one that's going to do it. And that's that art of joining. They talk about in the gene keys, the art of joining with the other person, not arguing anymore, but joining. Joining and just, you know, fully accepting because I mean, we're all flawed in some way, you know, and if you think that you are so much better than someone else, you know, you need to check again. You know, a lot of us are still stuck in ego or, you know, the ego says whatever. And it's important to have ego. Ego serves a very good function. It keeps us here on earth. Okay. But it's not necessarily good to let the heart and ego um, get together because ego will win and and things go amok. So if you just come from heart-centered, yes, you know, wonderful changes can happen. Yes, you could have a lot of love. If you're looking to create a partnership of any kind, and this information that I'm going to share comes from the Ascended Master DK. I can't say his full name. It's like the wild fool or something like that. I never say it right, but it's from the Ascended Master DK. And you create a list of 150 qualities you want in a relationship, no matter what type of relationship it is you want, but make sure you're clear with the type of relationship that you're looking for. And then it should take you a good month to six weeks to write that list. And then after you create that list, you want to review it and see what percentage of the qualities you're looking for in the other person you have. Okay. <laughs> now, if if it's a hundred percent, you're BSing yourself, okay, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and that's not good. So about eighty percent of qualities, because you know you need to have some differences, because that's the variety of life, having a bit of difference. And then after you create your list and you massage it and you get it to where you want, you read that list either the first thing each morning when you wake up or the last thing at night before you go to sleep, because that's when your subconscious mind is most open. And your subconscious mind is where we create and we put the energy out there and it'll go and find us what we're looking for and bring it back to us. But it would need to be what we're looking for. I did a list a long, long time ago and um, got everything I wanted on the list, but I didn't, I wasn't clear about drugs and I wasn't clear about smoking and the person did drugs and they smoked. So I had to let them go because that bothered me. Not, you know, no shade, no judging, but it just wasn't in my, on my path. So I let them go, did another list, addressed that. And then, you know, things work out just wonderfully well. If you do the list and you're earnestly doing it either in the morning or at night, you will receive what's on your list anywhere between three months and 18 months. I had a girlfriend who's a fundamentalist Christian, not my life path, and but she wanted a guy and she was willing to do this. She met the guy at church. They've been married seven, eight years now. So, you know, it will work if you do it. But again, if you don't believe in the BS and that BS is belief system. If you don't believe that you can create whatever it is that you're wanting, guess what? doesn't happen. It won't materialize because the universe is saying, well, you really don't want that. So, you know, that's so powerful. I, I actually did something similar when I was dating all those men as I started writing down what I actually wanted because mm-hmm. I would date these guys and I'd be like, that's not what I want. <laughs> no, like, I don't like this. I don't like that. And then I would write down what I actually wanted. I made this whole list and then I forgot about it. And after mm-hmm. I, after I met Akeem, cause you have to kind of let it go. Right. You have to, mm-hmm. I just gave up. I was like, well, screw it. You know, whatever. Here's my list. And I don't, whatever. I just let it go. 
And then I was like, I'm just going to live my life and enjoy my life. And then he showed up and I pulled that list out and I was like, you are this list. (laughs) But I had this similar realization along the way of that, of making that list. I had one of those voices too, whispering to me saying, with that guy you want, does he want to be with someone like you are right now? Because he's like that. Does he really want to be with you like you are being right now? Because you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. And that's not in alignment with him. And I was like, oh, I see how this goes. <laughs> like, I need to become the person I say I want to receive. And then he'll like me. He'll be attracted to me. He'll magnetize to me. I see how this goes. It's all about whatever you are up against in the world it's all about you adjusting how you're looking at it how you're acting because of it your reaction is all about you in that sense okay for you to work on yourself so that you can let go release the blocks okay and then entertain the energy to see if it's something you really want to play with and sometimes it's no and that's okay and you just let the person know hey you know you're a nice person but we're just not a match be honest up front you know, and be honest up front. And people, men and women, don't connect with the other person just for money. Okay. Most of the time they don't have it. It's it's a bluff, especially if they're talking, you know, first, second date about, oh, I'm so this, I'm so that, you know, no, let it go. You know, find that natural energy between the two of you. And, you know, if you see the red flags, let them go. It's uh, as contrite as it sounds, there's other people out there. We just think that if someone is interacting with us, that we need to interact with them no matter what. And sometimes it's yes, and sometimes it's no. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Be your true self. I'm curious about something, though, because this is something that people come to me with, is that sometimes you have that relationship that we're doing your shadow projections, right? And then you decided to part ways and things started getting better for each of you. But then you kind of want to make amends with that person or you want to forgive it. But mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want to have them in, deeply immersed in your life. still, right? Like there's still some kind of like judgment or something like that. And what I've been sharing for myself is that if that judgment is still there, then that means you haven't cleared the thing that you need to work on. But a lot of people were saying, well, do I want to allow this abusive person back into my life? And my perspective was kind of like, well, are they abusive or was that a shadow projection? What's your thought on that? Because a lot of people are grappling with this forgiveness thing right now and what forgiveness actually is. And Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King says it's reconciliation. I've definitely experienced that with my mom. You know, maybe we don't get that with everybody, but I just feel like, I guess the idealist in me says you can have reconciliation with everybody, (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, Going back to that principle of nothing is 100%, okay? For the people, there was someone in my life long, long time ago, and they did something horrendous, I mean, really horrendous, which they would go to jail today for. And I had to get past it because it was affecting me. So what I did was I forgave them for their ignorance of the situation, for not understanding how they were applying hate to someone else. you know, lower vibrational, harsh energy to someone else. Other people, I've just said out loud, so-and-so, I forgive you, and I let it go. For me, forgiveness is for the self. I've I've forgiven. I've released that energy. I, I let it go. Now, if they want to accept it, either truly in person or just energetically, great. If they don't, 
great. I don't believe that you have to have them back in your life because if they did something so egregious for you to stop talking, stop communicating, kind of shush them out of your aura space, so to speak, and they come back, it's not that necessarily they've grown or you've grown. They're just kind of come back, stick it to you yet again. So I just, you know, forgive and forgiveness doesn't mean you have to play with them in the same sandbox again. Forgiveness is you can forgive them. You move on. They can do whatever they want to do because that's their issue, not yours. And you just find more people who are in resonance with you to play in your sandbox. And then that person that you had to forgive just doesn't have any room. But just speak it verbally. It doesn't even have to be to their face. And if somebody did something so horrendous to you, why would you want to necessarily get in their face and say, I forgive? Just energy travels. I forgive you. You ever think about when something goes wrong in your life and, and you may have done something inadvertently or on purpose to hurt somebody's feelings and something else goes wrong? You're like, oh, okay, I know why this karma is coming to me. Have you ever had that thought? Same thing with you know forgiveness. The person will get it or not get it. And it's okay. You can only be responsible for what's in your heart, not for what's in their heart. You just can't. That's the hardest line I found to, to toe in relationship is to do my inner work on something, come to forgiveness of myself and the other person. Cause I've definitely been one of those people that have done hurtful things, you know, just to stick it in, you know, cause that way yeah. I was unconscious. Yeah. I've done that, you know, and, and to, you know, understand why the person is maybe not wanting to, to reconnect, right. Or to, to forgive. And in the sense of forgiveness that I'm applying, which is the Martin Luther King kind, you reconcile and you're just like, it's not even a thing anymore. You know, it's done. Mm-hmm. You move on, you know, and the most difficult part for me is to hold that door of forgiveness open and just let it be there. Like just forgave it. I just leave the door open, but I don't expect anything. And I just live my life. Why do you leave the door open? Well, because I am open to forgive. I'm open to reconciliation, but if the other person is not open to it, Right Doesn't now, hanging. It does I mean, kind of feel like it leaves it hanging. Door, if you forgive and you close that door and you move on with your life, if they ever are in the energy of forgiveness toward you, wouldn't you think that you two would find your way together in that conversation? I see what you're saying. So, like, it's almost like they knock on the door and say, "Hey, I changed my mind," you know, or "Hey, I'm ready now." Yeah. yeah okay. And, yeah, I can see that. And, and then you're like, "Well, no." Um, you may be ready, but I'm not willing to play, you know, in your sandbox anymore. And you're just very clear about boundaries. To me, forgiveness has a lot to do with boundaries because if you forgive someone someone who's done something egregious to you and you let them back into your circle and they do it again, that's your fault. Okay. Because you open the door for them to come back in where you can, they did something horrible, you know, Johnny, I don't like what you did to me. But however, I'm going to forgive you. It's off of you. You've released that energy. And then Johnny can figure out what Johnny wants to do. And if he, you know, decides to have a conversation, forgive, fine. If he decides to hold on to that energy until his transitional day, fine. That's his problem, not mine. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It's really like having extremely good boundaries around self-care and your personal soul work and doing your piece up to the line of the fence and then no more. It's like, I've done my, I've swept my entire yard. Like (laughs) you don't need your neighbor to come over and say, oh, that looks really good. You're like, no, I I did my thing and I'm done. (laughs) 
That's great. Well, so good boundaries then being a really important part of relationship and your relationship with your husband, I can see. Is there anything else you want to share with people on our way out of this broadcast? Because we're about to close and I know I've enjoyed all your tips. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Well, you know, first of all, Carrie, thank you so much for having me on the show today. And please check her out on my show, Get Over It podcast. I she did a fantastic job and I absolutely love your energy. Thank you. And I'm just, you're welcome. I would just like people to decide at a very basic level that you're going to be yourself, whatever yourself is. Carrie and I are two great ladies, but we're not twins. We're not the same. We can learn from each other. We can grow together. We can be opposites even and still go down this path together. So figure out what it is that makes you tick, okay? And let everybody else tick their own different way. And as you do, you'll find that this world that is in such turmoil right now will come back more to harmony. We've got, you know, very interesting three years coming up and the light beings are going to be working very, very, very hard to keep light on the planet and not let the darkness take over. So do your civic duties. Okay. Cause that's why we have them. Earth zone free will. Okay. That's why we have them. And, you know, live your life, be a participant. And as you're a participant in your own life, you will be amazed at how uh, everything comes your way eventually. Now, if you have two cents in your pocket now and you want to be a zillionaire next week, not happening. Okay. (laughs) And even if it did happen, you can't handle it because you don't have the mindset to work with that amount of cash. But Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And we all have a lot to learn. Even if today was our last day on earth, we still have a lot to learn. Every time you take a breath, you have the opportunity to learn. Oh, I love that. Beautiful, beautiful wisdom. Thank you, Monique. I want to encourage everybody, please share this out. And I will put a link to Monique's podcast in our episode over there if you want to go have a listen. Um, Please share this out, like, subscribe. Anybody that's in the situation of looking for Mr. Right, definitely, or Mrs. Right, you know, go share this episode. They might get something from this that changes the way they look at things and might make things easier for them to accept their life as it is. And even to attract that person that's in the wings waiting for them to get to that key decision, that key realization, this might be the thing that speeds it up, you know? So like, please share it out and like, and subscribe and all that. And we're going to give kisses. So I give kisses, Monique, you're welcome to join me giving everybody kisses. Here they come kisses from healers. What could be better than that? Mm. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show, Monique. And you guys, everybody else, have a great week. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. Thank you. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar From the source of who you are
天。